0: Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and
1: she took the whole thing and slow down. Baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And I know, I know it's it's Sunday, not Tuesday. What's what's going on? Well, the NBA playoffs are starting on Monday, and I wanted to do an NBA special. I wanted to put some flavor on the end of this season. Of course, we know what happened with the pandemic. We know what happened with the coronavirus. And I just wanted to talk about, you know, give my bubble awards. I know the NBA gave their bubble awards and this is different. Of course, this is the Unpopular Podcast bubble award, not the NBA bubble award. So, you know, some there's going to be different. I'm going to talk about mine. I have some awards that the NBA don't give out. And I'm going to talk about them. So I appreciate you guys for being here. And let's start with. the. Let, let's start with this. The NBA to me. And I've said this multiple times. The NBA does it right. The NBA has done it right for time and time again. The NBA was able. And now, of course, I know it's smaller. It's a smaller entity than like the NFL, the MLB, but. With the bubble, with the NBA, with the WNBA, they just did it right. And I love how they, I love the format of it. I love, because I was skeptical going in, don't get me wrong. And I love, just. I just love how it is. I love how it looks. I love the players, the competition level. Yeah, I wish that they stopped fouling all the time. I wish that they'd stop fouling three-point shooters. But, you know, that's that's the bubble. I mean, and that's the NBA right now. And, of course, coming back from the pandemic, I was just ready to see anything. Of course, after the last dance high, I was ready to see some live sports. So I'm, I'm, I am I'm was glad that the NBA is back. But what we saw in the bubble, I'm going to give out my bubble awards, the Unpopular Podcast NBA Bubble Awards. Let's start with the first team. And shock, surprise, surprise, my first team, or let's the NBA, all bubble team. The NBA All Bubble. My NBA All Bubble team is the same as what the NBA had. I had Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, Luca Doncic, T.J. Warren, and James Harden. To me, those have been the best five. If we're not talking about positions, those have been the best five. I mean, Damian Lillard. That's that's unquestionable. After he missed two free throws, he scored like a hundred and fifty or hundred and sixty points. Uh, in in a span of three games. He he was incredible. He willed Portland to, or he alongside CJ McCullum and uh, Yoke, uh Nurse uh, n- oof. Nurkic has willed their willed the Portland to the eighth seed. Um, Devin Booker, him and the Phoenix Suns went Owen. I mean eight and O in the bubble. I think that was like their first eight win season. Eight win. Uh, Eight-win streak since, like, 2003 or something. Shouts out to them. Uh, Luka Doncic, I I remember in one of my episodes I said Devin Booker, who has been playing great, by the way, is better than uh, Luka Doncic. I am wrong. Luka Doncic had, like, a 30, 35, like, 19 and 14 game. He's he's incredible. TJ Warren, I didn't think TJ Warren was going to be this good, especially coming out of – NC State. Yeah, we know how good he was at NC State, but I didn't see this. I didn't see I think TJ Warren is one of those players that are benefiting from not being in front of a crowd and not having that pressure on you as much as it would be when you have thousands upon thousands of eyes in the stands seeing you. So, shout out to him and we and we all know how good James Harden is. Um this is the third year or not third year. He is in a th- one of the three finalists for MVP. I think this is like the sixth or seventh year that he finished in the top three. So, shouts out to him. And, yeah, that, that's that's my all-bubble team. Uh, to me, there, there's really nobody else that could be in this team. You can maybe, maybe put Anthony Davis, but I'm not taking anyone out. You can maybe put Nurkic uh, or, yeah, N- 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 Oof, not Nurkic. You can even put Jokic, but... I don't think Jokic is, you know, I'm not taking out Harden or Warren or or Drogic, not Drogic, uh, Luka Doncic. So I don't know. That's that's just something. Uh, those are the best five, hands down. We're not really talking about positions. So, um, but what I wanted to do <laughs> is I wanted to do my all bubble least team, the team that disappointed. Not saying that they're the worst players, but they disappointed. They, their teams had high expectations for him. Fans had high expectations for him. Hell, I had high expectations for him, and they just didn't. They didn't pan out. Let's start with Danny Green. I'm not saying he's the number one, but let's start with Danny Green. With Rondo going down, with Avery uh, Bradley not going into the bubble, you expect uh, Danny Green to pick up the slack, both defensively and offensively that they kind of leave and he hasn't done that. He's had flashes I and mean, he's hit some big shots. Um but he's he's struggled. He's he's missed more than he's hit, let's say that in this bubble. And a Lakers team that definitely needed him to step up, he he hasn't done it. And that that doesn't that doesn't bode well for anyone expecting um hmm anyone expecting uh danny green to just blossom it just it just ain't work so danny green definitely is is one on that list i have five people of course um and speaking of his teammate kyle kuzma kyle kuzma yes he had a 20 point or a couple 20 point games he had a game winner but kyle kuzma he's he's so sporadic man he's so like either he's gonna give us a really good game or he's just gonna shoot the team out and, and then his defense is off as well like Kyle Kuzma is so important for the Lakers' success outside of LeBron and AD. It's like if he's not playing well, more than likely, and LeBron even said it, you you know if if Kuzma's not playing well, the Lakers aren't playing well. So he he's disappointed me. He's he's been he's been what he's been all season. I thought that you know there's some people like like T.J. Warren that wasn't playing as good before the break. But once they came back in the bubble, he's played excellent. I thought that Kyle Kuzma was not playing good really at all before the the stoppage. And I thought that this would give him time to re-energize, you know, uh, <laughs> do some soul searching, whatever you want to call it, and come back. And he, he just hasn't done it. So, you know, that's, that's Kyle Kuzma. Uh, you have Ben Simmons. And yes, yes, I know Ben Simmons got injured, but the games that he played, you know, he struggled either offensively, defensively, or both. And like I said, and, and this goes back to, we heard going into the bubble, Ben Simmons is going to shoot more. Ben Simmons is going to be more of an offensive threat. Ben Simmons is going to uh, expand his game. And we just haven't seen it. And at this point, I'm tired of hearing it. It's more, It's <laughs> I'm tired of, ex- it, I'm tired of him like, I'm tired of hearing, oh, Ben Simmons is just saving it for practice. I don't – what are you saving it for practice for if you're not doing it in a game? So, Ben Simmons definitely – and, again, I understand – and it kind of even goes to his injury, man. Like, I know everything's a freak injury and I can't control it. But it's like it would be different if you were better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy, man. I – and I don't wish an injury. I don't wish injuries upon anybody. That's just not. I don't. I don't wish an injury upon anyone. But when he did get injured, I was just like, yeah, well, it's Ben Simmons. Like, and that should not be the case for a player that talented. So that's why I had to have Ben Simmons on this list. I had Jakperdo for the Spurs. When Lamarcus Aldridge goes down, you know you're going to pick up a lot of that slack, and. He was toted as, you know, he's going to be, no, he's not LaMarcus, but he, he's he been, he he's made leaps and bounds. That's what we heard going into this bubble. That has not been the case. He looks timid. He looks scared. He looks out of, like, he looks, he looks like he's lost sometimes. And I understand he's a young player. I think this is, like, his second or third year. But it's like, at some point, you're going to, the Spurs are home right now. And, a big part of that is because, one, the success of the Suns and, and the Portland, but also because they needed Jakob Pertle. I'm not just putting it on him, but they needed Jakob Purtle to be better than he was, and he just wasn't. So right now, my least team is Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Ben Simmons, and Jakob Pertle. Now, the number one player on this team in this, there's not really a list except for him. This, to me, has been the most disappointing player. in the entire bubble, and that is Lonzo Ball. I I saw a tweet the other day saying, J. Cole could have gave you what Lonzo Ball gave him. Like, Lonzo Ball, I don't think there was a game, maybe one. I think there was probably one game where Lonzo Ball scored over ten points, or no, scored over nine points. And he just keeps shooting and shooting, and he, like, they fired Alvin Gentry's because, because I guess they think he's not getting to the players, but it's like when you when your star or when your starting point guard looks like he checks out, that's not on the coach, that's on the players. Like, it, and and I just think that there there's there gets to a certain point where you expect more from Lonzo. You expect, you know, they said Lonzo was going to be the next Laker great. That's what uh, Magic Johnson said. That didn't work. Okay, he need, he might need to uh, change the scenery. You went to New Orleans. You get you get a Zion Williamson. You you get uh, paired up with Drew Holiday. Brandon Ingram came with you, and it's still the same. Like when is Lonzo gonna get it? And uh, that's you know, <laughs> Lonzo is is number one on that list. And that you know, I, I think it's t- like I'm ready to see a, a a better Lonzo. Like that was what we saw in that bubble. That's not even an NBA player. And that's saying a lot. Like, the NBA players are the best of the best. And when I'm saying, like, he probably wouldn't even make the G League if he was playing it. The only, you know, if he wasn't a what second overall pick. So my least team, uh, all bubble least team is Lonzo Ball, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Ben Simmons, and Purtle. Um, let's go down the list. Uh let's go to most valuable team. This team, that this that's not hard. It's the Suns. The Suns, I didn't expect them. You know, going into the bubble, they had like maybe a 0. .5 or 0. .6% chance of even making it to the playoffs. And they went 8-0. And it wasn't just Devin Booker. It was Devin Booker playing well. Cam Johnson playing well. Uh, Mikel Bridges playing well. Um, not Mikel. Mikael. yeah, Bridges playing well. Um, DeAndre Aiden was playing good. They spent all day VC on camera paint. Cameron Payne's potential because he was playing incredible. It's like the team was playing hard. Ricky Rub- Rubio was playing good. The team, the whole team in general was playing hard. And they were they were, they were were incredible defensively. They were beating everyone to 50-50 balls. They were knocking down threes at a, at a huge clip. This this to me, what, what happened in the bubble is a huge stepping stone. It can be a huge stepping stone. Because, like I said, to play, they start to believe in themselves. You know, when you go to a bad franchise, you you, you kind of – sometimes you take on the persona of that franchise. If you go to a bad franchise, it's like, oh, well, you're losing because you're there or you're losing it's – it's expected because you're there. But I think that if, you know, Monty Williams and the Suns, if they – there there's a lot that they can learn and a lot that they can build on from this bubble going 8-0 and when nobody expected them to i think that that can definitely trickle down to next season so the most valuable team is the suns i mean again you can't really question going 8-0 so the least valuable team the team to me that was most disappointing now it's easy to say the wizards don't get me wrong it's easy to say the wizards you go into the bubble you you win one game and the only reason why you won that game because The Celtics started their third string players. It, ah, the Wizards, the Wizards. But I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go the route of the Pelicans. To me, the Pelicans is the least, most disappointing team in the bubble because they had so much. When I say the NBA tried their hardest to get the Pelicans into the playoffs, I am not joking. They had the easiest schedule in the bubble. They didn't have to play like superstars back to back. Um They mo- most of their roster outside of. Wait, their roster was healthy. It, <laughs> and they were in the eighth spot going in or the ninth spot. It's like, no, there was a ninth. There was a ninth spot. So and they had the highest uh because their record was so low or the the path was so um easy. They had like a. 60% chance to getting into the playoffs, right? Yet and still we had the Lonzo ball Lonzo ball playing like pure garbage. We just talked about it. We had the Zion Williamson minutes restriction, and a lot of people think his minutes restriction due to his health. That's one thing. Another thing is he was horrible defensively when Now yes, he was good offensively, but defensively he was horrible when he was out there. And when I say horrible, I mean horrible when he was out there. So, it's just like, why would I give you minutes if you're not playing well? So, you had that. You had Brandon Ingram. One game, he played like a superstar. The other games, it's like, he you forget he's on the team. It's just like the NBA has so much expectations for the Pelicans fans have so much expectations for the Pelicans and they wanted the NBA who tried their darndest to have a LeBron James Zion Williamson first round playoff matchup. And it just didn't happen because of the Pelicans. It was nothing else because of the Pelicans. And that's why to me, they are the least valuable team in the, in the bubble. Not, not the Spurs, not the wizards. Um, them let's go with the mvp that's 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 my mvp the same as the nba's uh damian lillard you can't really um (laughs) you can't really negate what we saw like damian lillard is is was on another level is on another level and you know a lot of people now are saying he's the best point guard in the league slow down there buckaroo you still got uh curry but i do think he's the second best point guard in the league right now with even with everyone healthy, so yeah, I, I can't really. Um, the defensive player of the I mean, the rook MVP of the bubble is Damien Lloyd. The defensive player of the of the bubble is the same as to me, the defensive player of the entire year, and that's been Giannis. You know, he's still an incredible remember texture, he's still a lockdown defender with his length. Um, now he's added a head button to people, so. Yeah, you know it's it's is Giannis. There, there's no. I think people are scoring like maybe forty percent when he's guarding them. So yeah, I, I can't. I, you know <laughs> that's Giannis. So that's defensive play of the year, rookie of the year for the bubble for the bubble. Um, I have Michael Porter Jr. Now see if people remember. This was my rookie of the year pick for the entire season before the season started. But I didn't know about the injuries. I didn't know how, you know, the Denver Nuggets were going to use him minutes wise. So, you know, I, I didn't think so. But I thought the, more, the Michael Porter that we see in the bubble is the Michael Porter I thought we were going to get the entire season. You know, he's lengthy. He's in, his his skill set is incredible. His body type is incredible. He he's able to shoot the three. He's able to get to the rim. He's he's good defensively when he locks in. This is the Michael Porter Jr. I thought we were going to get. And this, to me, is the Michael Porter Jr. I think Denver won it the entire season, which is why they drafted him. And, and you know, it could have been either him or Bol Bol, but I had to go with Michael Porter Jr. Because I think he had, what, a 37-point game, followed up with like a 31. Then he had like a 26 or 27. So, you know, my rookie of the bubble is – um michael porter jr and my coach of the bubble a lot of people want to say monty williams because the eight 0 record that the suns have i'm actually going to go with jock vaughn because if you don't remember oh jock vaughn of the of the nets because if you don't remember katie was out Kyrie irving's out spencer dinwiddie was out deandre jordan was out i think there was a rookie that was out because he caught covid like you have five play five potential starters that were out and Nobody thought they were nobody, including myself, did not think they were going to go five and three in the bubble. Could have been six and two if Karis LeVert hit that last second shot against Portland and they could have sent Portland home. Nobody like I didn't think they were going to play that good. And to me, that's a testament of of the coaching from Jock Vaughn. Now it was incredible to me that how good they look in the bubble. They're still talking about they're, they're on a hunt for a coach. But I think that Jock Vaughn or Jock Vaughn has been well past like he's he's exceeded expectations in my opinion. So that's why I have him coach the bubble. So you know that the the bubble the regular season, which was like eight games in the bubble, was was fun. But I want to bring on. Uh, let, let's move forward. I want to bring a friend of mine, uh, Mike Curry. He, he's been on multiple episodes he's the host of curry and the curry and the pot podcast i wanted to talk to him about the first round matchups both in the east and the west and i wanted i wanted to get his text we're going to predict what we think is going to happen for each one we're going to have a couple com- a candid conversation about it and uh you know i wanted to i wanted him to come on so without further ado Here's our conversation. Let's start with let's start with probably the least interesting because I think this is the most like I don't really see a way for an upset, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Magic. Now, I will say this, and 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 let me know if I'm off. I understand, you know, people keep saying that the Bucks aren't really interested or oh, the Clippers aren't really interested now that they know, you know, they pretty much locked in. The Lakers aren't interested because they're locked in. But I would think that going into the playoffs, you'd want to put your best foot forward. And it doesn't really feel like the Bucks were putting their best foot forward. You know, I think they lost, what, two of the last three or three of the last four. Giannis was headbutting people. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to struggle around one. But I think that if they're – on, we know how much they depend on Giannis. We know how much they need Giannis, and we know how much – how good Giannis is. That's, that's no taking away, but – and I know he's come back for injury, but Eric Blesso's looked bad. And and Chris Middleton, he's had really good games, and he's had games in moments like, ah, what are you doing? Like, do you – do you feel – one of my, I take, I say now. One of my hot takes is, I think that the, uh, if the, if the Toronto Raptors and the Bucks meet, I don't know if the Bucks are going to win, like offhand. You know what I mean?
2: I'm with you. I'm with you on that.
1: Like, like, how do you feel about the Bucks? Now, again, we, we pretty much. I don't think Orlando has, you know, they, they, had a good run and they're in Orlando, but I don't think they have a shot of winning at all. But do you, do you feel like the Bucks have to kind of clean things up, or can they clean things up before? even moving forward or, you know, moving down the road to the playoffs, if they have any hope of making it like to the championship.
2: I think it's definitely, you know, some reason to be concerned. As you mentioned, they lost a few games. Um, they should have lost that Celtics game. If you remember, yes. um, they should have lost that one. But as the last game against the Grizzlies, I don't really put too much stock into that. Mm. Um, as you know, the Grizzlies coach is a disciple of Mike Budenholzer. So I think he was just doing them, doing them a solid to at least give them a playing game. But, uh, back to the Bucks, they have looked a little, you know, out of whack. Defensively, they've taken a step back, yeah. haven't really been playing the best defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Bucs are a team that can just turn it on like that. That's- I've, definitely, I've definitely been a little concerned, man, because in the East, to me, everything is totally wide open. Mm-hmm. More wide open than, I guess it's been in a while. You yeah. know, I mean, last year was wide open, of course, but, you know, this year is super wide open as well. Um, So, I don't – I really don't know. I, mean, I I think even a team like the Heat um, could get them in the second round because um, they're that 4-5 seed matchup um, against the Pacers. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm definitely a little concerned about the Bucs. I mean, the Magic shouldn't, you know, give them too much trouble. I, I would hope not. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about the Bucks, man, because they just haven't – like you said, they haven't put their best foot forward.
1: And I think – like like me and you are we're we're pretty much stating the fact that we we're not worried about them first round, but one thing they I'm worried about is, and I hope that they get their rhythm. Not they, because I don't even think it's all the Bucks. But the Bucks went in as the top defensive team. They went in. They went in as, um, the team that it was a clear cut. Even though Toronto was doing well, like you said, the Heat are doing well, the Pacers were doing well. There was They were clear-cutting above the rest. But what we've seen in the bubble, maybe they're taking time to get back. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. But the person that I really think needs to turn it on is Eric Bledsoe. Because we know what Giannis is going to do. We kind of, to a certain extent, know what Chris Middleton is going to do. It's just, can Giannis be that? I mean, no, can Eric Bledsoe be that person that we remember from the, cl- uh, the Clippers and we remember from those teams because it's like he, again, I know he's come back from injury, but am I off? Has he been playing horrible to you? He ain't look good at all, man. So it's like I th- I think that – and and I know a lot of people say that, you know, this is very important uh, year for the Bucs because Giannis can go, which could happen, but I think that it's even more important to say that when we look at the Bucs, is it kind of like how we used to look at Toronto? How Toronto's a really good regular season team, but we all know they're not beating LeBron. Like, I think that the Bucks, even though our great Giannis is, they need to make it to at least the the championship. I don't think, even if they make it, I don't think they win. But I think they at least have to make it. Don't, do not you agree?
2: Yeah, because I think, I think if they don't, we'll be looking at them in the same light as those Raptors teams. Yeah. And then you know, questions will start the rumble. Like, is, is Giannis going to be with the Bucks long-term? Mm-hmm. And just little stuff like that is going to start to come out if they don't, you know, reach the NBA final.
1: Yeah, do you think, do you think, he, barring they don't make it, do you think he'll stay long-term?
2: Nah, it's tough because that team, like the core of that team has been together for a little minute now. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation last week, like Giannis, Chris Middleton, um, Eric Bledsoe joined him a couple of years ago like those three guys have been together for quite some time. I, I don't know. It to me it would depend on what he's chasing. Honestly, like I do you want to be loyal, but like, like it really all depends on what happens. I w- I guess I would say this year and probably next year what happens yeah. you know, with the Bucks do they do they reach the finals or not?
1: Yeah, I just think that you know how they the 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 I do think this. I think that the Bucks is the prime example of how to perfectly build a team around a player. They've built that team so perfectly around Giannis with shooters and big man that can shoot and big man that might not be able to shoot, but doesn't really crowd the paint like Robin Lopez. Um, but I do think that, like you said, they've been, and that's, I think that's kind of the detriment uh, to a, to a certain extent. They've been with each other for so long and continuously getting to first round knockouts or, or conference finals knocks out or knockout. It's just like, when are they going to? And and, and of course, it's, it's it's a process, as we all know. But we think when are they going to get over that hump? Because at a certain point, it's like, all right, what's what's going on? So I do think I think what I think at best, what five five games for that one? The Magic series
2: should be five games. I know uh, a lot of the Magic players have been a little banged up, like Aaron Gordon. He missed a couple of games towards the end we all know Jonathan Isaac went down. Yeah. So they shouldn't really struggle with the mass. I definitely say 5 at the max.
1: Okay. I got it. So let's let's move on. We talk about uh the Raptors a lot. And that's another one that I think that um I I don't think it's in question, but it's only not in question because of how beat up the Nets are. Now, I do want to say Shouts out to the next, shouts out to Jacques Vaughn. I know the NBA did their coach of the coach of the bubble and they gave it to Monty Williams, but I actually thought, even though I know they went 8-0, but I actually gave it to Jacques Vaughn. Because when we go going into the bubble, you're losing KD, you're losing Kyrie, you're losing DeAndre Jordan, you're losing Spencer Dinwiddie. It's just like those are your that's your core four. And of course, we still, you know, Karis Levert. His injury history we did not know and nobody thought including me they were going to go what five and three in the bubble so but with all that said they're not being the rocket Raptors the Raptors and the thing about the Raptors that I like so much is that and this is kind of what we saw last year um, with the in the championship they can come at you at waves. It can, and I think it's because they're so veteran-lated. They're so, you know, Pascal Siakam was murdering. I, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. He was destroying uh, Draymond Green last year. But you saw, you know, Pascal can give you 31 game. Hell, I don't know where the hell uh, Fred Van Vleet came from, but Fred Van Vleet gave you 30. Kyle Fat Lowry ain't playing like Fat Lowry no more. Like, he's actually playing legit. And I think that I honestly think that that is the team. That's the sleeper team to not just make it to the championship, but they could win it all. I'm not saying they will. Trust me, I'm not saying that. But I think they could. Like, do you do? Are you as high on Toronto as I am?
2: Raptors. They're one of those strength and numbers teams. Yeah. And like they just they just play really really well together. And another thing is they play really great defense. Yeah. They're excellent on the defensive side of the ball. So I think. I definitely think like I said the east is wide open mm-hmm. and so it would not surprise me at all if the Raptors got back to the finals
0: like
1: the Raptors remind me of a college team that has straight seniors it's like they don't make they don't make poor mistakes they they are tough like like all those West Virginia teams or Gonzaga teams like they they just they're just they're just rugged and they play a lot of defense and you know I I think I actually think honestly I like what Karis Levert's been doing but I think I don't see that going past five honestly
2: I would say say six at the very most but I'm right there with you saying five
1: now one uh, one matchup that on paper shouldn't be hard until you look at how they've been playing and how the other teams, how both teams been playing, is the Heat and the Pacers. One going into the bubble, Victor Oladipo wasn't supposed to be playing. I don't know what's going on there, but he wasn't scheduled to be playing, but he's been playing really well. Miles uh, Miles Turner's been playing really well. The, the Pacers have been playing good. The Pacers, but then on the other hand, yeah, T, T. J Warren, first team all bubble, and I, let me say this about T J Warren tj warren everyone knew he could do it but nobody knew he can do it people that watched him at nc state knew this man is a bucket but he just hadn't shown it in the in the league so until of course this bubble but i look at the heat and it's like as weird as it is you don't know what heat team you're gonna get you can get the Heat team that's straight off, straight defense, but can't play a lick of offense because Jimmy Butler can't shoot, and Bam Adebayo is acting like he's Marcus Morris and dribbling the ball up the court, and Gordon Dragic is over here just just being European. It's just a lot going on, or you'll get the the team that is lock you down defensively and scoring 130. So, I think this is very intriguing because, of course, you got the TJ Warren against Jimmy Butler. You got a... A defensive-laded team in the Heat against an offensive team in the in the Pacers, and I'm I'm excited to see how do you how do you feel about that series?
2: Well, the Heat this season they've been smacking the Pacers around, but like you said, this series shouldn't be that hard. But it, I think, I would say Heat is six. Um, both teams are well coached. You got Eric Spoelstra; he's a good coach. You got Nick McMillan on the other side; he's a pretty good coach. Um TJ Warren and Jimmy Butler that matchup should be fun to see again. Um the Holiday Brothers have been playing well for the they Pacers. Um they got they got a they got a lot of pieces. I think who they'll miss in this series is Sabonis. I don't know what's what's up with him. Yeah. Um but I still like the Heat and I think I think they'll be focused. I think they'll be ready. I know they got I know they lost to the Pacers yesterday in a meaningless game yesterday where they shot a lot of players but
1: I like like the heat in this series. Who do you think is more important to their team in this series? Bam out of bio or TJ Warren?
2: Um Wow, that's a good one. I would I would say Bam by a little bit. Cause I mean TJ Warren, he wasn't really playing like this until the yeah. bubble. Yeah. He wasn't really playing like like the Pacers still had, you know, solid record. Like they was right around where they where they finished yeah. this whole season and TJ Warren wasn't going off like this. Mm-hmm. So i'm gonna say bam um he was a first time all star he's kind of like the anchor on defense um you know at the rim um obviously jimmy butler is probably the main anchor but but bam out of bio i would say he's probably he's probably more important to his team
1: i i i, I tend i will say this and this is not minimizing bam out of bio at all, but like you said, we have not seen this t j warren ever and well in the n b a and We, a lot of people forget Victor Oladipo is coming back from injury. So I feel TJ Warren scoring right now is more important to the Pacers than what Bam out of bio, because I, outside of, outside of TJ Warren, I don't see miles Turner giving you 20, 25 points, maybe 30. I don't see any holiday brother, whether it's Christmas, winter or fall, giving you, (laughs) giving you 30. So I, you know, I think I think this is to me. I don't see this going anything anywhere less than th- six, honestly. And I I think I'm leaning more towards the heat in six because of the health and because to me it's like who is your best player against their best player, and I think Jimmy Butler against Victor Oladipo. I'm going Jimmy just because Victor Oladipo coming off an of injury. So I I got heat probably in six or seven. So and lastly, in the East, we have the matchup to me that should be the most important like the best matchup, but honestly, due to the injuries and due to everything that's going on with one team, it's the Celtics and the seventy Sixers. Honestly, man, I'll be real with you. I don't think the Sixers have a shot, bro. I because of what's happening with Ben Simmons, because of what's happening with um Joel Embiid constantly getting injured and because Philly is a horrible team on the road, and we've seen even in these play, even in uh, this bubble, they've struggled mightily. Now, yeah, they smack some teams, but some teams that they have no business losing to is beating the brakes off them. So, I I think that the Celtics. Honestly, I don't. I don't think this is close at all. Honestly, how do you feel about it?
2: I think I would lean. I think the reason why i will probably go Celtics in five, because I don't know which Joel Embiid, I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's one of those players that could push a series to at least six because of how good he is. But I don't know, you know, which which one is going to show up. Is he going to be the one who is, is out there hurt? Or is he out there, you know, pounding people in the paint and not settling for jump shots? Like I don't know. I don't know which Joel Embiid, I'm going to see. I also don't know... I don't know about the other guys Tobias Harris he, he's inconsistent um
1: they paid him everybody that
2: else money. on their team is pretty much their whole team is pretty much inconsistent so I don't know what I'm gonna see uh, from the Celtics I, I like their team from the standpoint that they got four guys that can score 20 yeah Jason Tatum Kimber Walker Jalen Brown who's ascended this year as well um Gordon Hayward can can give you 20 yeah. Marcus Smart on a really good day can give you 20 true truth be told um so I'm going to go with the Celtics. I've, I like what I've seen from them in the bubble. Um, so I would say Celtics. I'm going to say Celtics in five.
1: You know, moving I I probably agree with you there, honestly, because like you said, I trust. I trust more players in Boston than I trust with 76ers right now. But I want to talk to you about something. So last episode I talked about um, to me, I think this might be the last time we've seen Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together. And I talked about spacing. I talked about it's different if Ben Simmons is a knockdown three point shooter. That means he doesn't really occupy the paint in the mid range as much as he as much as he does. But it'd be different if people respected Joel Embiid's shot a lot more. Then you can really kill him with the pick and pop and or pick and roll. That's not the case, and I don't see. They keep saying, Yeah, we you know, he keeps Ben Simmons keeps shooting threes in practice and he's it's gonna matriculate to a game, but how do you feel about when I or other people say something like I don't one, I don't think it's working with the trio of Jimmy I mean uh Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons and Brett Brown and how do you feel about people like myself saying that I think we've seen the last time Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have played together as far as on the 76ers?
2: Yeah, man. Um, I remember you talked about it on your last episode and you even asked me on my episode in mm-hmm. the comments when I was doing my live episode, you asked me, um, will the Sixers move on from one of them? And I definitely think we might've seen the last um, of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think their best shot, honestly, was last year when they had Jimmy Butler
0: exactly.
2: and they still had J.J. Reddick and they had, they had a nice little team. I mean, granted, they lost in a game seven to Kawhi for four bounces, but I think that was their best shot last year. Um, so I think since they have the Celtics in the first round, I don't think they, they'll make any noise. Um, like I said on my last episode, I think if they had – if Joel and B were to, you know, win a series, then they would definitely move on from Ben Simmons. But I still think – despite that, they'll probably will move on from at least one of those guys. I could see they can probably get a better package for Ben Simmons than they could Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons is younger. Um, I think cause he's younger. They, They both, you know, have injury history, but Ben Simmons is definitely, he's way younger.
1: Yeah. I think I'm sorry for cutting you off. I think I actually think, um, the reason why I think you'll get, he'll they'll get a better package for Joel Embiid is due to the fact of, not only Ben Simmons' injury history, and we know Joel Embiid has injury history, but we haven't seen Ben Simmons progress. We haven't seen Ben Simmons get better. So it's like, if you're a team, we know what you're getting from Ben Simmons. Unless you just just spend all your VC and unlock his potential, you know what you're getting from Ben Simmons. And I think that, you know, Joel Embiid, at his best, is one of, if not the best center in the league. And I think that because of that, you might... Now, of course, we know about his injury history and how the game is going towards, but I think you'll have more of a package for Joel Embiid than you'll have for Ben Simmons at this point. And it's solely because of Ben Simmons. So, you think Brett Brown's gone?
2: Oh, yeah. I, that's another thing I was going to say. I, this might be the last you see of Brett Brown. I don't think he's the right coach for them. I don't know. I think I think a better coach could probably unlock those guys. But even still, the front office might be getting impatient. Like we've seen these two guys and it just hasn't worked. Yeah. I don't know if they may fire Brett Brown and get another coach and maybe try one more time. But the clock is definitely ticking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I don't really see. Even though it's not all, all on him, because a lot of people want to blame coaches and everything, I do think that there is something to be said that this is, what, the third year in a row where they should have at least had a deep run and they didn't. Um, or at least I don't foresee them having a deep run this year. Um, players don't look like they're responding to him. And you have uh, baby Giannis and Joel Embiid and they – everyone – name moment can see they don't fit, so I think that I think it's not a matter of when or if, but when uh, they fire him. But like like you said, I I don't really see this going past five games because I trust more Celtic players and I trust Philly. I don't even remember was it Shake Milton was was there? You're Jesus, Jesus. So let's let's move over to the Western Conference, the conference that I feel is gonna win it all the, um let's 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 go with the one to me that's the least interesting and to me the least competitive and that's the jazz and the nuggets now i said earlier that or with my other guys i said earlier that i think that honestly if we're talking about rookie of the bubble. I would give it to Michael Porter Jr. I thought Michael Porter Jr. was going to be rookie of the year until we saw the whole injury report or injury history and everything. But exactly what what's happening with Michael Porter Jr. and Bobo Bo is exactly what Denver thought when they were going to get them. And I think that's going to carry them past the Jazz, especially with Jazz, with uh, Utah not having Bogdanovich. That's huge when in terms of scoring. That I just don't know, you know, when Gary Harris comes back, when Will Barton comes back, I don't know if the Jazz have the same amount of firepower, power, and even can play that many, that much defense on an unconventional team to really stand a chance with Denver. How do you feel?
2: Yeah, for the Jazz, I've actually watched quite a few of their games. They played on opening night uh, when the restart happened against um, New Orleans. They played the Lakers. I watched that game. I think I watched another game. But like you said, they're missing Bogdanovich, who was their second leading scorer. He averaged 20. That's hard to replace. Um, off their bench, they only have Jordan Clarkson. Um, and, you know, he, he he's, he's inconsistent. But, I mean, Jordan Clarkson can play. But that's all they have. And that's not good if that's all you have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I look at them. I look at Donovan Mitchell, who I like, um, you know, He's inconsistent at some times, but, you know, he, he's a bucket, man. He kept them in that Denver game when they played Denver. Yeah. Um, I know you remember that. They played each other. Um, but Rudy Gobert, you know, I mean, all he can do is catch lobs and, and block shots. Block shots. Um, I, he ain't He's not that dude. So, they're already at a disadvantage without Bogdanovich. Um, on the nugget side, they have a lot of different pieces that they can throw at you. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr., who you mentioned. Um, yeah. Jeremy Grant is a solid player. Um, Jamal Murray, he he's solid. Um, like you said, we don't know if Gary Harris and Will Barton when they're gonna come back, but those are two more pieces that they got the Jazz don't have. You know what they I'm saying? And then you got Jokic, and I think the Jokic and Gobert matchup probably cancel each other out. But the Nuggets just got a better team. Yeah, they have a way better team. You know, Monte Morris, guys like that. They just have they just have so many players. Bo Bo, like, so many so many players.
1: Yeah, honestly, looking on paper, I think the Nuggets have the deepest team in not just the bubble, but the entire NBA. Absolutely. And I think that if they if they all fire on all – like if they're all firing on all cylinders, it's not just the first round. But I think they're going to be tough to beat, period. When you have Jokic and – Paul Millsap. Paul – exactly. And people forget about him. Like I think that, you know, you have Paul Millsap going. If you have Jokic and outside of maybe Anthony Davis, I don't think that there's really any center – Slash power forward that can match up with Jokic as far as his offensive ability, his vision. um, He's not the greatest defender. We all know that. But, you know, I think that I don't I I don't really see this maybe five because I think Donovan Mitchell has one of those games where he just goes crazy. And Jamal Murray does a whole bunch of floaters that he doesn't make. And, you know, I I, I don't see that. I think I got nuggets in five. How about you?
2: Uh, I think I'm gonna go five two, man. They just the j- Jazz just don't have enough.
1: Yeah,
2: they just don't have enough, man. That Bogdanovich thing is really it's really hurt. You can't you can't just replace twenty points of offense. Exactly. not In this NBA, you cannot just exactly. replace that,
1: and especially against that team. Like you're gonna, you can play defense, but you're going to need to score against Denver. We've seen that. When they played Portland, they seen that. When they played the Lakers, like you're gonna need to score, and if you don't, it's, it's hell. You never know. One hell, you never know. But let's move on to. I think the one of the most. When I say interesting series, um, inter- interesting because it has a lot of storylines, but also this can go one of two ways. Well, of course, every series can go one of two ways. One, but this can go one of a few ways and that is the thunder and the rockets. And I think this series really depends on how how quick it takes Russell Westbrook to get healthy. Because to me if Russell Westbrook's not healthy the Thunder's not the Thunder's going to win the series. Even how great James Harden is and how I guess successful small ball has been they're going to they're not going to be... The Thunder and the Thunder to me is one of the surprise teams. Well, is the surprise team of the entire league? I think Billy Donovan should be the coach of the year in general. But how do you feel about this series?
2: Ah, uh, so I'm right there with you, man. Uh, it depends on when Westbrook is going to come back. You know, I think if Westbrook is out two games, I think you know Harden can do enough where the series is one to one by the time he comes back. But if he's out for longer than two games, I do not see Houston winning this series at all. Really? Um, you know, OKC, like you said, they, they have a really good team, man. Um, Billy Donovan's been a good coach. And I, and I had my question marks about him, you know, back when he had KD and Russ. I had my question marks. Like, yeah. can Billy Donovan coach or is he like another Scott Brooks? But he's proven otherwise, man. He's been, he's been good. Chris Paul has been a great leader. Um you know we we thought he might have wanted a trade when he got traded there. You know we he no. you know, might have wanted out.
1: You say that and I'm going to divert this a little bit cuz this is a conversation that I have sometimes. Um is Brad Stevens a good coach? When we talk when we talk about coaching, when we talk about coaching superstars? Me and
2: B Jones had this conversation for I don't know my co-producer B Jones. We had this conversation last week, and I seen a tweet. It said Nick Nurse is who people think Brad Stevens is, and I thought that was pretty valid. I think I thought like, that was pretty valid. Uh, uh, like
1: I look at his I look at his track record, right? Not just of course we know what he did in Butler, which was incredible, taking two teams to the national championship. Losing both, by the way. But um, but it's like I saw it and I get Kyrie is not the easiest person to coach. But I saw what happened with Kyrie. I saw how he, how he re- or interacts and coaches people that we might not expect. Aren't superstars. Let's just say that. And when you said Billy Donovan, I think Billy Donovan might have that same problem. I don't think it's, just, it's a matter of Kenny coach. I think it's a matter of can he coach stars? Can he coach a Russell Westbrook? Can he coach uh Paul George? Can he coach a Melo? Can he coach uh KD? I think that is the knock on Donovan well, that was the knock until this year, on uh Donovan what's the name? Billy Donovan. It's like I'm not I'm not negating let me not say that. I'm not saying that Brad Stevens and Billy Donovan are bad coaches what I'm saying is when you're coaching NBA talent, that's just coming from college, it's a little easier than coaching somebody that knows if he steps on the floor, he's it. You know what I mean? So I think that might've been the problem with, or that might've been the knock on Billy Donovan uh, until of course this year. But I do have another question going back to the series. Um, what, With everything that we know about the Rockets, and I think this is the hardest part about the Rockets, what is their ceiling? Is it a championship? Like, what is their ceiling?
2: I think their ceiling is probably conference finals. Um, Depending on, like, the matchup, I don't think... I don't know if OKC is the best matchup that they could have gotten. If it's not, not. Um, they probably would have liked the Jazz. They -hmm. probably would have liked that matchup or something. That probably would have been the best-case scenario for them in the first round. Yeah,
1: so... If if you're saying because I kind of I I tend to agree especially with the whole small ball thing and the pairing with Russell Westbrook and James Harden if a conference finals is their ceiling, is that considered a successful ceiling for the season for them?
2: Uh, maybe for them, but I mean for the guys like I mean maybe for the organization, but I mean for Harden and Westbrook, nah.
1: I I don't know, because, and uh, I I get organizations, every organization says, yeah, we're going for a championship. But when you look at the moves that they made, you know, trading Clint Capella, trading away Chris Paul in the offseason, it's like, why do all those moves and make make it just around further than you did last year? So I think that the Rockets think they're sealing his championship but when we're looking at everything going on I don't really see it you know what I mean And and to me I don't think that is a successful season but to uh I guess put a cap on this series it really does depend on Russ um it depends on how Russ looks or how long it takes for him to get back how he looks when he gets back and if James Harden can keep him afloat for the two or three or however many games. So I have probably Rockets in six or seven, honestly.
2: Yeah. Um it you know, Russ is a big variable. So I'm gonna go this is tough, man. Cause these four or five matchups, they these those things are pretty much evenly matched. Yeah. Um who I think the better player. Is gonna propel the team to win. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul is the best player on the Thunder. No disrespect to CP3, Um but he ain't James
1: he ain't Harden. James Harden. <laughs> he ain't James He's Harden. James I
2: think, Harden. I think if Russ comes back early in the series, that'll be enough for Houston to win. And I say probably Houston is seven, man. I think, I think that series is gonna be a good series.
1: Yeah, yeah I do too. Quick question: Who do you think has a higher ceiling, Shea Gilders, Alexander, uh, Porzingis?
2: That's a tough one, man. I never, even, I never even thought about comparing those two players.
1: I didn't think so either, but I was having a conversation with somebody, and they were talking about, uh, you know, how important Porzingis is now to Dallas. And that's what we're going to move on next to the Clipper and Mavericks and how important, even though he doesn't really get the spotlight like that, how important Shea Gildress is to um, OKC.
2: Yeah, Shea. I might be a little biased, and I might just say Shea. That's my guy. That's that's one of the young players I really like in the league. I feel like we may have seen Porzingis at his best when he was in the with the Knicks, um, before he got hurt. I'm gonna say Shea, man. He had he had a 2020 and 10 game, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say Shea. I'm gonna say Shea Gildas Alexander though. But I, I like what Porzingis has shown me in the bubble though.
1: I I I, I I I would I would tend to agree with you. I like Shea a lot. Um, But like I said, let's move over to the Clippers and Mavericks. And I think, to me, this is one of the most interesting um, round or matchups is because, honestly, it's Mono against Umano. It's your two best players against our two best players, even though we do have, you know, Clippers have a little bit more players around as as far as help. Um, Is Luka... Is Luca top five player right now?
2: Uh right now, mm-hmm. let me see. No order. Let me go. LeBron, AD, Giannis, Kawhi. Nah, he he just misses it. I would say Harden is my top five, and a healthy Steph Curry is above Luca.
1: No, no. So, and, and we were talking about. I, I asked you that because, to me, it it really boils down to. Um, how is he going to fare against Paul George? Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: we know Luka isn't the best defender, and we know Paul George is one of the best two-way players. And we know I don't see anybody on the Mavericks stopping uh, a motivated Kawhi. So it's really, how are you going to contain Paul George? And when I asked that, and when I said Manu Manu it's your two best players against our two. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George against... um. Luca and Porzingis now of course I do think that the Clippers help you know when you have Montrez Harrell when you have Larry Shammett when you have uh strip club Lou I think that that's that's going to propel it all but I think this is this series is important more for not only the Clippers but Montrez Harrell to get back into shape because I think if they're firing all cylinders I don't think the Mavs have a shot honestly but it's it's like you know they need to get back do you agree
2: yeah, I don't know for the Mavericks. I don't I don't who they're gonna stop. That's not I've been watching their games in the bubble and like all of their games have been in the 130s or, or higher. Yeah. Like even even the Sacramento Kings, that game with the overtime, it was like 140 to something. Like yeah. I don't I don't know who they're gonna stop. Mm-hmm. As for the Clippers, they they got they got three of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Luca is good enough to get at least a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the Mavericks, who are they gonna stop? I think Dorian Finney-Smith is probably their best defender, and he's all right, but they don't—they don't got—they don't got, can't, can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody.
1: Do you do you think that um? Do you think that we're gonna see? It's hard for me to imagine Luca really succeeding. When I say succeeding, Luca being like. One of the top, I say, five players in this series, due to the fact that who they're going to put on him, they're going to put a Kawhi Leonard, and when Kawhi Leonard gets tired, you're going to put a Paul George. When Paul George gets tired, you're going to put a uh, Patrick Beverly. It's like I feel that, like you said, it's like one. Who are they going to guard? There they play maybe no one plays worse Stevens in Portland in these playoffs, but. They play like probably the second worst defense in the in the in the playoffs, and if you take Luca out, which we've seen, they don't really have a yeah. Kate, you know, Porzingis is good, but Porzingis isn't one of them players that you can just give the ball and say make a play. You got to give him the ball. So, I do think that because of the tandem of Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, I, I don't see this going past six.
2: Six at the very best. Yeah, I think Clippers can end there at five. To be honest,
1: yeah. I say, say I'm gonna be generous. You know, honestly, and I didn't want to say this because I don't want to disrespect them. I can see the Clippers with this at four, bro. They could. I this- think. I think Luca good enough to give
2: get to get you a game. Um, but like you said, the players they're gonna put on them. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the Mavs probably have a, a game where the whole team is firing on all cylinders. So I give them a game. You know, you're in a neutral setting anyway. So um, I'll say Clippers in five.
1: Okay. And the last one, the one that I know that you're solely invested to more yeah. than anyone is the one in eight match. We just saw yesterday. Um, the playing game where Portland looked incredible and and this was I think the first game where they didn't need Dame to be incredible. They had CJ, they had uh y- uh Yerkic. No, Nurkic. And Nurkic, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if it it's like on one hand, am I gonna list to everyone like, oh, the Lakers are just coasting because, you know, they're just waiting for the playoffs and then they're gonna turn it on. Or is it, yo, they really can't defend a soul outside of LeBron and eighty, or defend the paint. They, they, Y'all do a really good job defending the paint. But when it comes to perimeter, oh, Lord Jesus. And when you're going against the a perimeter tandem like Paul, I know, like C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, it's like, ugh. Now, on the other hand, I will say this. There's a reason why y'all are the one. There's a reason why Portland's the eight. Portland will put 55 on your head and get 53 put on their head. And I don't see anybody in a Portland uniform. I don't see anybody in from the from the from the zip code of Portland that can stop LeBron or AD at that. So how do you how do you see this this series going?
2: All right. So I think best case scenario for the Blazers is six. Well, best case is for them to win, but I don't I I don't see that happening. I think. They can push the Lakers 2-6. I think I, I definitely think they can do that because Portland is not your typical AC. Um, we know that. Um, if, if you look at the roster, you look at the talent. Um, granted, you know, they weren't putting it all together, you know, before the season stopped, um, which is why they were in the position to have to win a playing game. But they're, they're still not your typical AC. You know, at full strength, they're probably like a five seed at worst. Like, they're like a, a four or five seed. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think for the Blazers, man, what Damian Lillard's been doing is spectacular. But it's 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 a little unsustainable. Like to score fifty and to score sixty, like you you really can't expect them to do that for an entire series. Like that's that, that, that's, that's 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 not gonna happen.
1: <laughs> I will say that that is true. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. But I will say that. Yeah, I can't expect him to score 30. I mean, I can't expect him for 60 or 50 a, a series. But I can I can expect him to score 30. And I can see CJ McCollum scoring maybe 28, 29. I can see Yurkisch having, I don't know, let's say 15 and and 10 or 15 and 12. I can see uh which I didn't see it coming. I can see Gary, uh, Gary Trent maybe hitting 10, 15 points. And it's like, can, you know, is one Rondo going to get back soon enough? Can uh, KCP stop that? Can Quinn Cook stop that? Can Alex Caruso stop that? And I think we've been asking Braun to save whatever franchise or insert franchise here for the longest. And I think that this series really it's more an onus of is it, it are you the person that's going to help us AD as in cuz a lot of people you know we've heard uh, arguments about is AD the best uh teammate LeBron James ever had in his prime and i think that this series is more important for AD to really show that i am that robin instead of one game he'll have 40 and then the next game he'll have like 13, 13 like <laughs> so you know it's just like I think this is this series is important for AD and after hearing what you said uh and I kind of agree the same I think at best Lakers in 6 cuz I think we're going to have one of those games where Dame said I'm not going to let us lose and they lo- after they lose and um but he did give us like 50 60 so I got Lakers in a Lakers and six, and you said Lakers in six at best.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I think the Lakers could beat them in five, but I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice and a little realistic. Try to be a little unbiased. I I really think the Lakers can get them in five, but I'm gonna just say Lakers in six just just to say it. Um, the the Blazers bench really really concerns me. You know, you got Gary Trent Junior. and then it's Mario Arizonia and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the guy, number, number thirty-five that came in. What's his name?
1: Um, uh, Kentucky. That's what yeah,
2: they got in with the guy that went to Kentucky. He can he?
1: He. Wayne Gabriel's on? Yeah,
2: yeah, he came in the game, but like outside of they got Gary Trent Junior. That's it. Yeah. And I mean the Lakers' bench isn't the best, but I like their bench over that. Kyle Kuzma comes off the bench for the Lakers. So.
1: Oh, that's another. Thank you. That's another thing. That's another variable. I think that because I. I don't I don't know if you heard uh, earlier in the segment. I I had a a you know how they had a bubble first team. I had a a bubble least team, as in the the players that we expected something or their team expected something they haven't really gotten. He played alright in the bubble, man. He played alright. Yes, but I think I think he's I think his difference between playing alright and having your moments. I think the Lakers need him to play alright. But he's had his moments. Like he had the game winner. He had a twenty point game. But then he also, like, oh damn, Kuzma, what are you doing? Like, I as a fan, I know you have said that more than like, oh my god. Absolutely. So it's like, I think that you know, it's it's very important. Not maybe not this series, but of course, moving forward, it's important for Kuzma to to get it together. Because if not, it's like, ah, I don't see. You know, it's gonna it's gonna look it's gonna look it's gonna look iffy. You know what I mean? But those those are the matchups. Um, before I get, for, before I let you go, one thing I did want to talk about, um, was the firing of Alvin Gentry, and how I said that we talk about the 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 team of the bubble. Of course, we gave it to the Suns. Then we talked about the the least viable team, and a lot of people can say the Wizards which is easy cuz they only won one game. But I said the Pelicans because there was so much I think the NBA tried so hard to get the Pelicans in the playoffs. Yeah. They they gave them the easiest schedule. They 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 were outside of Zion, probably one of the healthiest teams going in. The and and they just Whether it's Zion in the minutes descriptions, it's Lonzo tuning out, it's uh, B.I. playing like a a superstar one game and then playing like, oh, no, that's 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 the Lakers Brandon Ingram right there. Like, it's like, do you feel that Alvin Gentry's really deserved to be fired?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, But for the Pelicans. Before the restart, before the NBA shut down, they were playing some really, really good basketball. Exactly. And that's where all the talks were, could Zion lead them to the playoffs? Could they make the playoffs? Like You remember, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. They were they were putting together a really good stretch. Lonzo Ball was averaging like 20 and like seven over like a little five-game span or something like that. They're playing some really good ball. So I think the NBA shut it down and COVID obviously is – a team, they're one of the teams that got hurt the most by this. Um, I think it's a little unfair. I feel like you could have gave Alvin Gentry another year mm-hmm. uh, with Zion at full strength,
0: exactly.
2: just a whole team. I think, I think you could have given him that opportunity to at least coach, you know, his full team from the start of the season. I think that would have been better served uh, for him and, the, and even the team. I mean, he was their yeah. coach for like five years, but like even the team.
1: I'm not, uh, and I'm, I'm not calling racism because I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, and the NBA does a lot, a whole hell of a lot better job than the NFL when it comes to this. But it, it kind of co- goes back to the conversation that everyone has is how short of a string is an African-American coach compared to how short of a string is to maybe a Caucasian or, or another ethnicity coach. Because, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't feel, especially with everything happening with COVID, everything that we all see how bad, and I'm not just putting it on him but he's a big part. We all see how bad Lonzo played. Hell, I, what's his name? Jake, they said, said, Jake gave you Lonzo of ball numbers in the bubble. And it's like, I just, I just feel at least give him another year. But I did also want to ask you, is this the best we've seen of, um, Zion? And I asked you that because he had, he had injury history in, in high school. He had injury history in college. It's like, yeah, he can be maybe a 25 and, and 12 player game, but should we not expect to see Zion play maybe 70 or 75 games a year?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to say, you know, we've seen the best of him, but I'm a Duke fan and I wasn't like super, super high on Zion. Like, I thought he could, you know, he could be a solid guy. They've always compared him to like a more athletic Draymond, but I don't think he could ever be like Charles Barkley like Charles Barkley won MVP you know what I'm saying he took his team to the finals yeah. so I don't I don't know if Zion could, could ever be that I mean I feel, he's, a, he's a player we gotta wait and see man I don't I don't know I don't want to say you know we've seen the best but I really don't know man I really don't know
1: okay and I know I keep saying before I let you go but this is the last question last question now I know I, I don't know why people people keep doing this I understand recency bias, right? I understand how incredible Dame is. But to me, there's a there's a there's a whole there's 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 Dame and then there's Steph Curry. Like that's to me there's a whole nother level. But a good question a lot of people are presenting is who do you think is better between Damien uh prime Damien or what we're seeing now, Damien Lillard, or prime Kyrie Irving? Ooh. Prime Kyrie?
0: or
2: oh, Dame, they like they're like on the same level, honestly. Cause you, you you put Dame on that Cavs team with LeBron. They probably get they probably they, they still get to the final. LeBron was running the East, so he gets there. Uh I don't know, man. That's tough. They like on the same level for real. I would I probably lean I probably lean Dame though, man.
1: Yeah, I'll say I think honestly I said this last episode when I was talking about give Dame his respect. I think Dame's the second best point guard in the league. And that's even yeah, that's even over a uh, uh, healthy Westbrook, uh, Chris Paul, uh, Benton Simmons, a lot of people want to throw out there. Like, I think that when it comes to – I think – let me say this. I think that Steph Curry's on a level. But I do think if we're talking about, like, a, as whoever is closest to Steph as far as shooting, as far as offense, I'll say Dane. And I think that um, this bubble – Seeing as though the world is now watching, and and you know we don't have the distractions of the fans and this and the third, we're really seeing how much of a dog Damian Lillard is. Even though people like you and me who've been watching the league since he came in the league, we knew. But I was just I was just hoping you weren't one of those. No, no, he is better than Steph. I'm like, hold on, bro, Dame. But I I want to see it. I I want to see. We've seen Dame,
2: uh, like. Everybody talks about you know you know sending Paul George home, sending Pat Bev home, but those those that happened in the first round, bro. We've seen them get swept in the first round too. Yeah, we've seen them get swept by the Warriors with no KD. Yeah, I I I, I want to see I I just, just want to see it, and yeah. I love Dame, so I don't wanna I don't wanna sound like I'm hating on him because I've been a huge fan of Damian Lillard since like 2013 or whatever, whenever he came in, so. I, I just wanna see it, man. I just wanna see it. But I love what he's doing, man. He's he's balling, but I wanna see it in the playoffs, man.
1: Yeah. Going into going into the bubble, I wouldn't like when you talk about a top five um players that this playoff is important to, I wouldn't have put Damian Lillard. But now that I'm seeing, you know, all the talk behind him and how his play is, I definitely put it up there. Like I'd put Giannis this playoffs is very important for Giannis this playoffs is very important for LeBron as terms of his legacy well not really his legacy but winning a championship as term, you know but i definitely think you know with all the chatter going on i do think that it's important now for uh Dame to um to definitely at least go deep in the playoffs and if, if you, even if you make it well, let's say this at least ha- cause i don't think they're going deep at least have a competitive series because we are we all know the injuries that happened the whole year but at least have a competitive series with the lakers so and there you have it man i want to thank mike again for coming on i want to thank you guys for listening uh let you know leave in the comment what do you feel about the playoffs how do you what is your most exciting matchup who do you think is on upset alert let me know i i, I want to hear what you have to say so Leave it in the comments. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Please share. Please share. Please share. And again, I love you guys to death. And I will be watching the playoffs with you guys. And until next time, I think I'm dropping next Tuesday. I think, oh, you know what? The visuals for this episode are going to be on Tuesday. I'll give that to you. And then we're going to be on the regular schedule program next week. But, yeah, until next time, much love.
0: Life is sweet when the sun out, Like the trees in the summer When the seas are troubled And then we all need someone in My life, I'm No be smart in the We all strive, I'm out. To live life in our comfort So forgive me if I fumble Cause I'm only human Somebody move that I don't know It a with a seven box combo Always looking out my window Paranoid and confused I'm not sure anymore Always knocking at my door Until so as the day comes As I go on Protect me Lord I cannot trust my neighbor. Be my savior when that day comes Defend me from my enemies and my neighbor You can bank on it You can put a hundred gun on it Anything I said I stand on it in a private plane, I land on it. Lily who then they call you me bankolly. Cause I walk around with the bank on me. Show them gang, them style, with the gang on them. Twist my fingers up and bang on them. Lily who, lily who, lily Different type of evil are boo. And any one of them can kill you. At any time, anything can happen, no. Any one of us could have been pop smoke. We must go and the most eye colors, so I'm paranoid about a line bipolar, wear my vest and clean my gun up, I ain't going out right now, you can bang on it, you can put a hundred grand on it, anything I said I stand on it, in a private lane I land on it, they and who then they call me bank on it, cause I walk around with the bang